stepping in for Brother George here tonight, and uh, we appreciate you uh, doing that for us. We'll be in Psalms 110 tonight on our Bible reading. If you'd like to read, you're sure welcome to do so. Just get in line. And, uh, and we're in Psalms 110. There are short uh, chapters here tonight, we find. And uh, hey, good to see y'all. Appreciate y'all being here. Y'all just snuck up behind me, didn't you? Good to see you. All right, so is there going to be three of us? Maybe four. Maybe? Yes. Jess, going to go? Yep. So you going to join? Okay. So we have uh, 7 and 17, and 10 is 27. So let's do uh, 7. 27 is 28. It's 4, 7. 7. 7. seven. Except the last one's going to be do 6, but our sister here starts out with 7. All right. Let's stand tonight as we read the Word of God together as a church. And uh, you read for us there, Sister Teresa. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, sought, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endureth forever. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He hath given meat unto them that fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. He has showed his people the power of his works, that he may give them the heritage of the heathen. The works of his hands are verity and judgment. All his commandments are sure. Thank you. All right. Yeah, I know, but just keep on going. <clears throat> they stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. He sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that, that delight, delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. His generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his uprightness endureth forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Thanks, sister. <clears throat> A good man showeth favor and lendeth and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall... He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Just read that whole chapter, 113, okay? okay? Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun Unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high? Who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? He riseth up the poor out of the dust, and liveth the needy out of the dug hill. That he may set him with princess, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house, and to be joyful, a, to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, Brother Keith, will you do me a favor? On the back table back there, would you uh, get on the left? There's papers. Would you pass that out to everyone? Tonight, so we're going to be in Romans chapter 3. We have been going through a series on how to 
when or how to lead or how to show someone how to be saved. And we went through that process because we want you to know. And we want us to know as a church that if somebody comes to the altar during a period of invitation, that we can say, for example, Sister Loretta is there and there's a lady at the altar. I could say, Sister Loretta, I can just point Sister Loretta like that and she would know to go down and pray for that woman or pray with that girl. And then I wouldn't put her on a spot like she don't know what to say or I don't know what to do. Or I could look at uh, Brother Charles and say, Brother Charles, come pray with a young man or a man. And I don't want to put him on the spot where he don't know what to say or what to do. And so it's counterproductive with that. And so in order for us to be ready and to know and to understand, and then not only that, when you're out in public or you're out at home or your family comes over or friends come over and, and y'all begin to discuss salvation, uh, you ought to be aware. You ought to be knowledgeable. You ought to understand when, how does anyone get saved? And so this is what this is for tonight. And we've been going through the last three weeks on a sinner. We talked about why are you a sinner? And uh, some of those paperwork, if you want those and you don't have them, they're on the back table back there, why you're a sinner. We talked about that. And then we talked about uh, when did you become a sinner? Uh, that's important as well. And then lastly, last week, we talked about what makes you a sinner. So you, when you have this understanding and you have all the scriptures that I give to you, I know there's a lot of scriptures, but you have all the scriptures, you have the understanding of it, you should be able to, with great uh, ease, bring someone to the place that they would agree that they're a sinner because the Bible teaches that they're a sinner. And so that's kind of the process and thought process tonight. Tonight I want to preach uh, as we continue because you are a sinner. So we're going to get past that trying to bring somebody to a persuasion and understanding that they are a sinner. But tonight we're going to go further and say, now because you are a sinner, these are the things you need to consider. All right, so let's read Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. Uh, the last three weeks or the last three sermons have kind of, kind of have dealt with or helped to understand the first part of this verse. For all have sinned. Why are you a sinner? How did you become a sinner? Uh, when did you become a sinner? So they were important questions. Tonight, I want to begin to, to give you some understanding concerning and come short of the glory of God. Now, this is a very well-known verse in leading someone to Christ. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. But what does it mean when it says, and, God, and, and come short of the glory of God? This is important. Once you show them that they're a sinner, you say, for all have sinned, but come short of the glory of God. So that puts them into another category. And let's understand that so we can bring somebody to the place of salvation, okay? Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus. We thank you for the reading of the Word of God this morning, this evening in Psalms. And well, what a blessing it is to hear God's Word publicly read. Father, thank you for our visitors tonight. Thank you for those that uh, usually come and should come. And we thank you for them. And Lord, I ask you now to bless us with your word. I pray the Spirit of God would move and blow upon us tonight. God, that you'd give us awareness, give us understanding. God, give us the knowledge we need. God, the boldness and courage that it's going to take for us to tell those, dear God, who are without Christ going to uh, eternity without Jesus tonight, dear God, how to be born again. And so we need help tonight to do that. We need help to understand it. God, that we might get all the scriptures that's required so that, Lord, the power is in the gospel. The gospel tonight, dear God, is the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, this is where they get saved. This is why they get saved. And so we pray tonight, Lord, that it become clear to us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So as we read there in verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But there's a semicolon. If y'all mark your Bible, or if you do anything in your Bible, I would circle that semicolon. That is a blessing. That is a blessing to those that are sinners. And everyone in this room is a sinner. Whether you like it or not, you're just a sinner. And tonight we learned that in the last three messages we preached. You can go on, on our website and listen to them or you can get the paper back there. And so, but if the, the scripture ended right there 
where it said, For all have sinned, well, that, that, that hurts, and come short of the glory of God, period, you and I tonight will be trouble. You and I would have no way to heaven. We'd have no way of forgiveness of sin. We'd have no way to have a relationship with God. There would be absolutely no ability nor capability of worshiping the Lord if that ended in a period. And so we find it's a semicolon, which is telling us we can move on to the next verse and they are connected. Uh, we're not going to do that tonight because we're only in verse 23, but I just wanted to bring that up and make your attention. Thank God for the semicolon. And so hopefully tonight, uh, after we can uh, persuade or begin to tell others who are wanting to know about how they became a sinner, when they became a sinner, why are they a sinner, uh, that we can establish with them that because now they have a sin problem, and tonight, that sin problem is what brought forth a sinner tonight. And because of a sin problem, uh, they're now known as a sinner. But now known as a sinner tonight is a serious issue. Yes. Tonight, what we're going to go through is devastating. What we got to go through tonight to understand how do we lead others to Jesus. And that is the call for the church, isn't it? Uh, that is what we've been told in the Bible that we are as a church to do. That is our job. That is our primary job. That's why we're still here tonight to go in all the world and preach the gospel. Uh, to us tonight to teach the word of God to every nation tonight. It is our job, responsibility, every single one of us tonight in this room, if you're a Christian, born again by the blood of the Lamb tonight, it is your responsibility and obligation tonight that you win people to Christ that you tell them about the gospel, you tell them about Jesus, because everyone that's ever born of a mother's womb tonight is born a sinner. And being a sinner tonight, they come short of the glory of God. And that's just facts tonight, come short of the glory of God. And being that tonight, that is a scary thing. It's a frightening thing. Uh, you know, many people tonight are frightened of hell, but hell is not near as frightened as this scripture here when it says you come short of the glory of God. Because you have come short of the glory of God, uh, you're going to hell. But Fred, if you can get this rectified, if you can get this justified, if you can get this taken care of tonight from all being a sinner and taking that place where you come short of the glory of God and you can handle that and deal with that tonight, then hell is not in your path. Hell is not the place you're in. But if nothing is done and you are always, because that's where you're born, you come short of the glory of God, that's what it always will be. There's no work in this world tonight that will draw you closer to the glory of God. There's no baptism tonight. You can't get baptized every day for the rest of your life and still come, not come short of the glory of God. Tonight you can make a profession of faith every service. We have three services a week and you can make a, a profession every week for the rest of your entire life and still come short of the glory of God. And so tonight, man, we're in trouble tonight as human beings. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now these are the emphasis that we need to make for those who are interested in being saved. Those that are interested in becoming a Christian. Those that are interested tonight in becoming part of the church tonight. Uh, they need to know and understand with clarity tonight, no confusion at all, that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You say, well, I keep on saying it because I'm trying to bring forth an emphasis to our church tonight that every single person that walks through those doors and every single person that you find in your way all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's a 100% tonight that everyone's come short of the glory of God. And so tonight, we need to know what that might mean. And so I want to start with tonight uh, in saying what that might mean. Uh, it means, number one, the state of man. The state of man. If you have that paper, you'll see it says the state of man. So what is the state of man? Well, the state of man, because they have sinned, because they're a sinner, is they come short of the glory of God. In other words, tonight, they are fallen man. Fallen man. Man has fallen. 
come short of the glory of God. It means fallen, right? I mean, you, you come short. You're, you didn't reach it. I mean, it was right there. Uh, but you have fallen and you haven't made it. And so you and I tonight that are sinners and you and I tonight that have found ourselves in sin, we have come short, we have fallen. Now where did all this begin? Well, let's go back to Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 1 with me and look in verse 27. We find a man named Adam. Now Adam is very important tonight in the way of salvation. And I think tonight if you would take people back to Genesis uh, to find out about Adam, I think it would be beneficial for you tonight to do so. We find that in Adam uh, tonight, Adam is Christ's likeness. And we see in Adam chapter 1 verse 27, uh, the Bible says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, male and female, created he, them. And so we find tonight that Adam was the one that was Christ-like. Adam was one that had the glory of God. Adam was one that had the honor of the Lord. He's the one that God walked with Adam, and God was with Adam, and Adam was made in the image of God, in the likeness of God. And if anybody would ever say tonight, who in the world that ever walked on the face of the earth tonight outside of Jesus, that was in the likeness of Jesus, it would be Adam tonight. Adam was that one. Adam was that man tonight. We find, though, uh, that not only was Adam in Christ's likeness, but we find because Adam was in Christ's likeness that mankind was in Christ's likeness. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2 with me. Chapter 2 of Hebrews. We find in mankind, that is in Adam, in the original creation of Adam, the original creation of man, we find in chapter 2 in Hebrews and there in verse 6. Hebrews chapter 2 in verse 6. Uh, the Bible says, For one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man? So we're all going all the way back to Genesis. What is man? What is Adam? Thou art mindful of him, or the son of man, thou visiteth him. Thou madest him, who? Man, a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in his subjection under his feet. For in that he put all the subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. And so what is he saying? He's saying that I created the angels, but I created man as well. And when I created man, I created man with glory. I created man with honor. I created man with dominion. And when I created man, I created man with the honor of God in him and on him and through him. And God was with him and God was in him and God was about him. And friend, he's saying, that's how I created man. But man, for all have sinned. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Because of that sin, now man is no longer in the place of honor. Man's no longer in the place of glory. Man's no longer in the place of dominion. Because of the sin, now man is no longer in that special place with God, in that hand of God or that, that one that God walks with any longer. Man, sin has caused him to come short of the glory of God. Now what does that mean, coming short of the glory of God? Well, the glory of God means tonight, it means praise. And coming short means deficient. So it's saying that the first time you sin, and as you come forth out of your mother's womb, uh, born in iniquity, as Psalms 51.5 says, that you come forth and now you're deficient of the praise of God. In other words, when you come forth as a sinner, God has nothing to praise over any longer. Now back in Adam, he praised him. And when he created mankind in Adam, he praised them. But because of sin now, God says you're deficient of the praise of God. There's nothing about you because now you're in the image of Adam. Right? Genesis chapter 5. 
Adam was, was him in the image of God, in the likeness of God. But in Genesis chapter 5, when Adam uh, came forth and he had children like Seth and others after him, they were in the image of, of Adam. So now God looks at the image, I mean, the, the, the Adam's lineage, the Adam's people, which we are uh, tonight, and he says, you are deficient of the praise of God. You come short, deficient of the glory of God. That's praise. And so tonight, for all have sinned. Well, what does that mean? That means you're now deficient of the praise of God. Number two, it means on the come short of the glory of God means you're lacking of honor. That word glory of God means honor. And tonight the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short, meaning that you are lacking honor. You're, you're lacking the honor of God. You're no longer having the honor of God. It's no longer there. The devil don't see it. Man don't see it. God don't see it. Because of sin tonight, it removed the honor. It removed the praise. And number three tonight, it means destitute of glory. The destitution of glory. So when you sin, for all have sinned, and we're all there, come short, that means destitution, of glory. Glory tonight means the glory of God. And now you're destitute of it. In other words, tonight, whenever sin took place, mankind just became man. And there's no glory in that. There's no praise, and there's no honor. As it was with Adam, we sing that. As it was when God created man. We've seen that. We also know that this word coming short of the glory of God means unjustified. So now because man has sinned, they're unjustified before God. In other words, because of the sin of man, I can't just come to God. I just can't say God. And God says, yes, here I am. Uh, you can't run to God and say, oh, God, I got troubles in my life. And God says, oh, yeah, I, I know I help you. you that, that doesn't work that way. In other words, tonight when you sin, you become unjustified in the eyes of God. Amen. You become now in a place where you and God are no longer in glory and in praise and in honor. It's now been taken away. You're unjustified. It also means tonight disapproved. So when we stand before God tonight as a sinner, God says you're disapproved. You come short of the glory of God. You're not approved. You're not fit for heaven. You cannot come to eternal life. You cannot be my child. You cannot at all pray and I can hear you. The Bible says that God hears not the prayers of a sinner. He says you'll not enter into the kingdom of God because you're unapproved. That's what the word coming short of the glory of God means. And so we see tonight that fallen man. But number two tonight, I notice that not only falling man, but falling. F-A-L-L-I-N-G. Because see, the way that it's written in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 is a continual action. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For I have sinned, and come short of the glory of God. It means I keep on falling short. we got to get this tonight. Sinners just keep on falling short. Every day they live, the shorter they become. So if they live a hundred years without God, they're a hundred years short. If they live a hundred and one, they're going to be a hundred and one short. It's just a constant, continual it's a continual falling of man. You think, well, man's fallen. Okay, they're just rotten. They're sinful. They're no good. Uh, they, they're, they're just pathetic. Oh, no, it gets worse than that. Every day without Jesus tonight, you get worse and worse. You just keep falling away. Keep falling away. You say, well, when I get 30, I get saved. Friend, you may not make it to 30. And by the time you get to 30, you may be so corrupt and so messed up and so and so into the sin tonight that it's done got you in captivity and you can't call, can't call on Christ. Tonight, it's a constant falling. Falling. And so we see in this coming short of the glory of God, not only does it mean fallen, F-A-L-L-E-N, but it means falling uh, short tonight. It's a continuing to fall short. Not only a keep on falling short, but a continuing to falling short. And thirdly, it means you, you can't but fall short. 
In other words, that's all you can do. If you can look to God and say, God, I'm not going to fall short today. he said, say, oh, yes, you will. <laughs> he said, today I'm going to change my act. Today I'm going to get it better. Today I'm going to live more. Today I'm going to look to you. Today I'm going to get closer. Today I'm going to do right. Today I'm going to do as you don't want me to do. And God says, you're not going to do it unless you get saved. Because right. you have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it's a continual, constant, keep on falling, and you cannot stop. And so when that verse is said in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, we kind of just run through that thing, don't we? Right. We just say, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then we look at them and say, okay, everybody's a sinner. Are you a sinner? Yeah, I'm a sinner. Will you come short of the glory of God? Well, what does all that mean? What I just told you what all that means. That's serious. That's serious tonight. If anyone tonight's serious about getting saved and know that they have fallen short with God, uh, they're going to have a concern in their heart. Sure. Right? Uh-huh. I mean, the Spirit of God begins to work in their heart. The, the Word of God begins to bring faith into their soul. Uh, they're going to say, man, listen, i got to stop this falling. Mm-hmm. i got to get to a place where I'm not falling short anymore. Listen, I want to know God. I want to go to heaven when I die. I want eternal life. I want to walk with God. I want the blessings of the Lord. I want God to do something in my life. Well, you got to get out of the place of falling short. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we see tonight the state of man. Number two, I notice tonight the separation of man. Because of the state of man has brought you to a place of separation of man. I notice it go back to Genesis with me. Man's separation from God in the garden. Again, everything is always back into Genesis. Look, turn to Genesis chapter 2. And uh, we'll come right back to, to Romans here. But Genesis chapter 2. And I want you to notice tonight in Genesis chapter 2 verse 25. It says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. There was a, there was a period of time when they were with God. They were in God's presence, Adam and Eve. They were walking with God. God was in them. God was about them. Uh, They were in His presence. They were in His power. They were under His authority. Uh, They were yielding and submitting to who He was. And so we find tonight uh, that this was the glory, and they were in the glory Uh, Glory was over them. Glory covered them. Glory was about them. There was honor. There was praise of God. And the honor of God was on them. Adam and Eve tonight, uh, friend, they were in a perfect spot. They were in a perfect location, in a perfect state. Uh, They were men, uh, women tonight, a man and a woman tonight that knew God, walked with God, and was with God tonight. And that's the glory of God right there. But in chapter 3, sin took place. And look in verse 8. The Bible says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day. And Adam said, and his wife hid himself from the presence of the Lord, of presence of Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now they removed themselves from the presence. And boy, that's the glory. It's fallen now. He goes on and says, And the Lord. God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? He said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee not thou should eat? Thou shouldst not eat. And so we find tonight that God was with them, his presence was with them, but now we find that they're without God's presence. Sin causes that. Sin, before sin, they were in His presence, in His glory. Sin has taken place, and now they're out of His presence. And now we find third, look in verse 22, they're without God's glory. Look in verse 22 of chapter 3. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man. He placed him at the east of the garden of Eden, cherubims and a flaming sword which turneth every way to keep the way of the tree of life. What's going on now? Well, uh, not only when they sin that the presence of God is now removed, but now the glory of God is removed upon them. 
And every child they had from that day forward, which is us, we've come short of the glory of God. Separation. God has now separated in the garden. We find if you turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 59, there's a separation in the Old Testament. So not only in the garden, but in the Old Testament as well. And so in Isaiah 59, it's a well-known verse. We'll just use that tonight. There's others, but we'll just, for the sake of time and clarity and understanding tonight, it says in chapter, one, uh, chapter uh, 59, verse 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy, that it cannot hear. Verse 2, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that ye he will not hear you. So now we find a separation tonight in the Old Testament. We find that because of the separation in the garden, that separation has now been extended out to the Old Testament. Every Old Testament figure, every Old Testament man, woman, boy, and girl, their sins, their iniquities have now separated them from their God. And that's what takes place for man has sinned and come short of the glory of God. We find a separation in the New Testament. Romans chapter 3 and uh, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, these that are separated from God in the New Testament, uh, they are referenced in certain terms. Number one, I want you to notice it's referenced in the word lost. You ever heard those terms? Lost. Like, you might say to somebody, hey, are you lost? They say, no, I know exactly where I'm going. No, are you lost with God? Do you know if you die today, if you'd go to heaven or not? Now, everyone tonight that is saved would say, I'm 100% sure that if I die tonight, I go to heaven. Not only does the Bible give us that assurance, but the Holy Ghost of God confirms that assurance in our heart. Amen. And so tonight we know because of what God's Word says and the, and the indwelling of the Holy Ghost of God that if we die, we're 100% sure we'd go to heaven, not because of us, but because of Him. But those tonight who are not 100% sure, those who've ne never been born again, never received Christ as Savior, never repented of their sin and by faith received Christ as Lord and Savior tonight, uh, the Bible would consider you to be separated from God and you're in a term called lost. Lost. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says to the Jews, He says, uh, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So where were they going? They were finding the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's what they're looking for. Why were they looking for the lost? Because they needed to be found. Why is the lost needed to be found? Because there's a separation between them and God. Amen? Lost. There's another term that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 11. Now, if you have any Bible except the King James Version Bible tonight, it won't be in your Bible. I pray you don't have any other Bible but the King James. But here in Matthew chapter 18, verse 11 says, For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. So did Jesus come to save that which was not separated from God? No. Was Jesus coming to, to those today who, who knew God, who are righteous, who are, who are walking with God? No. Who did Jesus come for? He come for the whole world. Well, what's wrong with the whole world? Well, the whole world is sin. Yeah? And they come short of the glory of God. Okay? Now, what does that mean? That means they're separated from God. So what are they considered? Lost. Lost. And Jesus came to the lost. We find in Luke chapter 19... And verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Again, tonight the lost is talking about those who know not Jesus. Never been saved, never been born again, never been washed in the blood of the Lamb, never have come to the place of repentance and turning from sin and receiving Christ as Lord. You're lost. That's what the term means. Lost means you're separated from God means you come short of the glory of God. And you keep falling and you can't get up and you can't get there. We find tonight uh, there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, it says, But if our gospel be hid to them that are lost. 
for the God of this world has blinded their eyes. Tonight, everyone that comes forth out of the mother's womb is blinded and blinded by the God of this world. And because they're blinded tonight, they're lost. Lost. Would you say that everyone that's born is 100% lost? Yes. Were you lost? Yes. Are you still lost? I don't know. Can you be found tonight? Yes. Can you be saved tonight? Absolutely. If the Spirit of God tonight draws you and calls you and blows your way, and the Spirit of God would draw and will you unto the Father tonight, and if Jesus Christ would be lifted up, He said He'd draw all men unto Himself, and if you come to Jesus tonight in repentance and faith, you can be saved. Amen. The opposite of lost. Right? Lost means that you, somebody needs to find you because I'm lost. I don't know which way to go. I don't know nothing. I don't know how to get to heaven. I don't know what to do with my sin. I'm in a miserable state. I'm unhappy. I don't have joy. I mean, it seems like the life is tough and life is just causing all kind of troubles in my life. I'm lost in this life. I try this. I try that. I get this. I get this. I want that and I get it and do this and I do that. And you know what? Just never seem to have peace and joy and never find grace and mercy. I just never find where it's not a, a, a battle with God. I just want to lay my head down on my pillow for one time and know if I don't wake up that I go to heaven. I just want to be found. See, that's lost. That's lost. And tonight, can I say this? Unless you get lost, you can't get found. Is that right? If you don't get to the place where you're not saved, you'll never get to the place where you are saved. That's like you're out into the, in the swimming pool and, and, and you're drowning and you're going down and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I say, you're okay. Yeah. I throw out a life jacket. I throw out a life preserver. You push it away. I don't need that. I'll be fine. And you drown. You didn't know that you were fixing to die. But tonight we find many, many people in this world who don't realize and don't understand that they're lost. And it's going to take the church tonight, me and you tonight, to bring them to that persuasion and understanding of why that you're lost. And th I'm teaching that tonight on how to show them that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and you're separated from God. That's the seriousness of the matter. It's not that you have never murdered. It's not that you have never took drugs. It's never that you have never robbed a bank. It's never that you have been evil and ugly like the rest of the people you know. Tonight, the bottom line is you're lost and you're separated from God. I don't care if you ever sinned in your whole life. Right. It don't matter. You're separated from God. Right. That's the danger tonight. Mm -hmm. Come short of the glory of God. And so we find tonight uh, the separation of the New Testament. And I want you to notice here, uh, thirdly tonight, not only do I see the separation of man, and then I see the state of man, but I notice the sentence of man. Because the state of man is coming short, and the, the separation of man is separation from God, I notice there's a sentence now. And this is just very common, the way that all things work. Don't turn there, but in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, it says this, Thou shalt surely die. That's the sentence. See, because tonight you are a sinner and you've come short of the glory of God, you have a sentence on your life now. You're separated from God and now God says you're something of a sentence. And that sentence tonight is death. And Exodus, I mean, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20. There's death in the Old Testament. It says this, The soul that sinneth shall die. We know that everyone sins. The only one who's never sinned was Jesus. Everyone who sinned in the Old Testament, 6,000 years ago, up to date, every single person has sinned. And the Bible says, the Bible says, He that sinneth, he shall die die. 
The Bible says also in John chapter 8, and you can turn there with me. John chapter 8, and look at verse 21. Jesus is talking uh, to these men, and uh, he tells them right, just straight up about where they are in life. He says in John chapter 8, and look at verse 21. He said, Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and you shall die in your sins. Whether I go, you cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he said, Whether I go, you cannot come. He said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, That ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, Ye shall die in your sins. So Jesus is saying to those men, as he says to the world, if you don't believe in me, you're going to die in your sin. So the sentence for every single individual tonight who does not put their faith and repentance of their sin to Jesus Christ tonight will die in their sins. That means you're separated from God and you come short of the glory of God. We find there's death in the New Testament. We also know there's death of the body. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 says this tonight. And it is appointed unto men once to die. Then after this, the judgment. It is appointed unto man once to die. Then after this, the judgment. So there's a body death. You're going to die physically because of sin. All right? So nobody's going to live forever. We know that. We've been to too many funerals. So we see a body tonight, a death of the body. But then there's also a death of the soul. Now when you get to the death of the body, where's the separation at? The soul comes from out of the body. And the soul goes into the destination. It's either hell for those who are not saved or lost or heaven to those that are born again or saved. All right? So now we find there is a death of the soul. Turn our Bibles tonight to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. And we'll find this terminology called the second death. The first death is the death of the body. The second death is the death of the soul. We find there this truth in chapter 20 and verse 14. The Bible says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Now we're talking about tonight about sinners who have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's their state. And because of that state, their separation from God is being coming short of the glory of God. And now because of that separation, they're in a place tonight of a sentence. And that sentence is tonight is that when you die without Jesus and you're going to stand before God in the white throne judgment, which is chapter 20 of Revelation, at the end of that judgment, your Bible says that death and hell shall be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. There is a death of the soul. This is serious. Revelation 21 verse 8. The Bible says, But the fearful and unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, all liars, all ours shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It's just another confirmation that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What does that mean? I'm separated from God. What does that mean? That means I now have a sentence on me. What is that sentence? That sentence is my body's going to die and my soul's going to die. That doesn't mean when you die and the destinations you go, and I'm going to show you in a moment, where you don't live, it just means that separation is from that soul, from the body, and then here you'll find uh, that it's separation from you and God. 
That's what he's talking about. When you're cast into the lake of fire, you're no longer opportunity to have the presence with God. You've been separated from God now. The soul is separated from the body, physical death. God separated from you, spiritual death. Okay, second death. That's what that means. So we find tonight in the way of this sentence, it's very, very scary. Number two, or number four, I want you to notice the suffering of man. You see, there's a state of man, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then there is a separation of man that God now has separated himself from man because of sin. And then there's a sentence upon man because of that separation. You're going to go to hell, cast into the lake of fire, spiritual death physical death, but now because of that sentence, they're suffering. If you turn your Bibles to to Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, you'll find that man is in damnation. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, meaning that man is in damnation. Matthew 23, verse 23. The Bible says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Uh, that's not where I need to be. There's the, there's the damnation of hell tonight. He's speaking there. Turn your Bibles here tonight to Mark chapter 3 in verse 29. Mark chapter 3 and verse 29. The Bible says, But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. Eternal damnation. Not damnation here, but eternal damnation. Uh, in Matthew, the place where I was trying to define, it was called, a, it was called damnation of hell. Damnation of hell. We find in John chapter 5 and look in verse 24. John chapter 5 and verse 24. We see the resurrection of damnation. The Bible says in John chapter 5 verse 24. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but it's passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they, they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given his Son to have life in himself, hath given him authority to execute judgment, also because the, he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the graves shall hear the voice." Hear his voice. And shall come forth. They have done good unto the resurrection of life. Saved. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Lost. That's suffering. Damnation. Suffering. Man is not only in damnation, but man is in condemnation. John chapter 3, verse 18. The Bible says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. Man is not only damned, but man is condemned. Serious matters. Romans chapter 5 and verse 16, Romans chapter 5 and verse 16, says, Not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. For the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Verse 18, Therefore as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so by the righteousness of one free gift came upon all men to justification of life. We find condemnation. So the suffering of man, because they're separated from God, because they are sentenced, 
tonight because they've come short of the glory of God because they have sinned brings you to a very, very, very horrible state. We find not only is man condemned and damned, but man is in judgment. Let's turn back to Romans chapter 3 and verse 19. Romans 3 verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that's all of us, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. All the world become guilty tonight. That's judgment. Man is in judgment. Guilty. They deserve this condemnation. They deserve this damnation. They deserve the judgment. They deserve it. We all deserve hell. We all deserve it. Bible says we found guilty. Romans 6, 23. Bible says for the wages of sin is death. We find not only are we deserving of this damnation and condemnation and judgment of God because we don't believe in Jesus, but we also have paid for it. He said the wages of sin is death. You have earned it. For every sin you've ever committed, you have now paid for it. And that is the wages of sin is death. Suffering. John 3.36. John 3.36. Man in judgment is only deserving. And it's something that you get paid for because that's what you earned. But the Bible says in John 3.36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. The wrath of God. What is the wrath of God tonight in the way of suffering? Violent passion. So that means tonight when it says, for the wrath of God abideth on him, for those that are lost tonight, those who come short of the glory of God and those that have sinned tonight, means that the violent passion of God will endure with him all of his earthly life and into hell and then into the lake of fire. That word also means the wrath of God means the anger of God will continue with him on this life in hell and into the lake of fire. Suffering. It also means tonight that the vengeance, that word wrath means vengeance. The vengeance of God will dwell with everyone who believeth not the Lord Jesus Christ and it will dwell on him today it will dwell on them in hell and it will dwell with them in the lake of fire. That's suffering. Can I say lastly tonight and we'll close. Not only do I notice the state of man, the separation of man, the sentence of man, the suffering of man, but I notice the soul of man. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke with me, chapter 16. Luke 16. Where does the soul of a man that has come short of the glory of God go? To hell. Is there a hell? Does the Bible speak of a hell? Well, I've got even better than that. I've got Jesus that speaks of a hell. Now, I've got even more than that. Jesus speaks more about hell than he does about heaven. And I can say it this tonight. There's, the gate to hell is wide. And the way to heaven is narrow. Jesus said, there are few be saved. And that's telling me that there will be a whole lot unsaved. The Bible says that hell enlarges itself. Wonder why? i tell you why. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And in that tonight we find a soul. We find here in, verse, in chapter 16 of Luke... In verse 19, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass that the beggar died. Now, he was a saved man. The beggar died. And he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Now Abraham's bosom back in the Old Testament, and we're talking about the Old Testament here. The New Testament don't begin until Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit of God indwelt the church. 
Uh, that's when the New Testament began. We find tonight that uh, the Old Testament is talking about a place where people went when they died. If they were unsaved, they went to a place called Hades, which is hell. If they were saved, and that is that they have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ into the cross of future and turn from their sin, uh, they find salvation in Christ tonight in the Old Testament. You'll find that they were taken to Abraham's bosom. And that's what he's talking about. And so when a man would die uh, back then, and, and even now I believe in my heart that when a man dies, a woman dies, that's saved by the blood of the Lamb, uh, that's a child of God tonight, that the angels will come down and will bear the soul of that individual and will bear that one and carry that soul on up to heaven. Uh, tonight the angels will do that for the saved. But the Bible says in hell... He lifted up his eyes in torments. In other words, those that are lost, those that have come short of the glory of God, when they die, they go straight to hell. They go down into hell. We find tonight as there's a body of the soul, we find that in first, first, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, there's going to be a body of the eternity. In other words, you say, when my soul uh, is separated from my body, that's physical death then my soul will take on a body, whether it's in heaven or whether it's in hell. All right? Keep that in mind. So we say here, number two, that not only does this man who's a sinner died, but his body was buried, it said uh, there in, this, uh, in verse 22. But it also says that now his soul is in hell. All right? In hell he lifted up his eyes. So we find that he has a body in hell. Eyes. He said, he seeth. We find tonight uh, that in verse 23, it tells us that he sees Abraham. So he's in hell, but he sees. Number two. He's in hell, but verse 23, he feels being in torments. That's plural. Torments on the inside, torments on the outside. Verse 24, he cries. Talking about the one in hell. The Bible says, he says in verse 24, and he cried. In verse 24, he speaks and said. In verse 24, he knows. He said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. He knew all about mercy. So he knew mercy in hell. He didn't experience it, but he knew it. He says, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. If he didn't have a body, he wouldn't have a tongue. If he didn't have a body, he wouldn't have an eye. If he didn't have a body, he couldn't speak with a mouth. His soul has a body. We find here tonight in verse 24, he is whole in the body frame. He said, my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. He's in pain, so he feels in hell you feel. He said, I'm tormented in this pain. We find in verse 27, he prays. Then he said, I pray thee therefore. In verse 28, he understands. He said, I have five brethren that he may testify. That means witness unto them, or means preach unto them, lest they should also come into this place of torment. And so he understands that where he's at is because he didn't receive, he didn't repent. He understands that now. He said, go testify, go preach to my brother so they don't come here. Because he heard preaching. He heard testifying. But he chose not to believe. He chose to stay coming short of the glory of God. We find that he believes in verse 29. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. He knows about repentance. He believes in repentance. It's too late now. And we find in verse 26 that not only was the sinner died on earth and the sinner is now living in hell, but now the sinner will never go to heaven because verse 26 says this, And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. So they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. What happened when Jesus died? 
Well, Jesus went down into paradise, Abraham's bosom. And as he went down to paradise, and let me say this, Jesus did not go to hell. If somebody tells you Jesus went to hell, they're a liar, I'd leave them. Jesus did not go to hell. There's, not, there's nothing in hell for Jesus. Right? Why would Jesus go to hell? There's nothing there for him. There's no believers there. there. There's none who worshiped him. There's none who served for him. There's none that sought, sought after him. There's no purpose for him going to hell. And so we find that Jesus went to Abraham's bosom. And when he went to Abraham's bosom, you know the three days that he was buried? He went down to Abraham's bosom. He took captivity captive, all the saints of God. He brought them forth and went to heaven. And as he went to heaven, he made the atonement, the propitiation, upon the altar of God and as he shed his blood upon that altar of God God received it and now you and I tonight can be born again and saved and so Jesus tonight came back he was seen of over many he ascended back to heaven he sits on the right hand of the Father he sent back his spirit for those who would believe in him and they would do, the spirit of God would dwell in them so that God would be with them and so we find tonight uh, the soul of man. Now, I would think tonight that it's pretty important that you and I would understand because you're a sinner. It's a serious matter. I pray tonight that if you're hitting here and you don't know Jesus as Savior, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't take a chance tonight. I, I wouldn't uh, just say, well, I think I'm saved or... Maybe I'm saved. I said a prayer when I was like 10 years old. I got baptized when I was 15. Haven't lived for God. Don't go to church. Don't live for the Lord. I mean, I, I, I don't have a mind for Christ. I don't have a heart for Jesus. I, I, I don't do anything towards Christianity at all. But I, I, I did go to church when I was little, though, and I did make a profession of faith, and I did have some kind of feeling at one time towards Jesus. But now I don't, don't really care much. Tonight I wouldn't walk out of here you may just be that verse, Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'd hate for you to die and go to hell and then cast into the lake of fire for all of eternity. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I try with all my heart tonight to teach because you're a sinner. As you would tell others and tell them about what will happen if they don't receive Jesus. What will happen if they don't get born again? If they don't humble themselves and submit to the Lordship of Christ. If they don't turn from their wicked ways and put trust and faith and the Lord Jesus Christ and what he done on the cross of Calvary and believe that his blood could bring forgiveness. Oh, you're still coming short of the glory of God. Anybody like to come this morning or this evening? Just come. Say, I want to be saved today, brother. I just want Jesus to be my Lord. I want my sins forgiven. I want to know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. And I want to live for Christ. I'm sick of this world. I'm sick of all that's in this world. It has nothing for me. All I see is hurt and pain and suffering. I see it getting worse by the day. The only hope we have is Jesus, our blessed hope. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I pray tonight you'd come. You'd ask Jesus to be your Lord. Confess to your sinner. Receive tonight the Lord Jesus. Ask him to come into your heart and save you. Anybody like that tonight? Anyone? All right. Well, you may be seated tonight. Thank you, church. I appreciate you tonight, your good attendance and listening. And I pray that we brought some help to you tonight.
was saying that all man's nature long the distance that he fell far removed from hope and heaven near to deep despair and hell but there was a fountain opened and the blood of God's own son purifies the soul and reaches deeper than the stain has gone conscious of that deep pollution sinners wander in the night even though the shepherd's calling still they fear to face the light this the tender consolation that should melt the heart of stone this sweet balm of Gilead reaches deeper than the stain has gone. All unworthy, we who've wandered and our eyes are wet with tears as we think of love that sought us through the dreary, wasted years. Yet we walk the holy highway for the pure, the blood-washed alone, knowing Calvary's fountain reaches deeper than the stain has gone when with holy throngs we're standing in the presence of the king and our souls are lost in wonder as the white robed choirs shall sing then we'll praise the name of jesus with the millions around the throne praise him for the power that reaches deeper than the stain has gone praise the lord for full salvation god still lives upon the throne and i know the blood still reaches deeper than the stain has gone.